hey there. Welcome to uh, the VFX show. This is episode, I believe, 222, maybe, or 223. I'll have to look and see. But um, I'm Matt Wallen, and uh, I'm uh, sitting in this week for for Mike, but we've got a, a great show for you guys. We're um, talking with uh, two of our usual co-hosts. We've got uh, Jason Diamond. Jason, how's it going? What's up? <laughs> and uh, from Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, the illustrious Matt Leonard. Matt, how are you tonight? Doing good. Doing very good. All right. Well, we uh, decided we wanted to set sail on the uh, SS Georgie uh, down a rain-filled gutter um, and to have a show tonight where we talk about uh, really what I think is kind of a, a surprise, um, at least um, box office hit uh, of this time of year um, for a couple of reasons that I think we can get into. But we're going to talk about uh, it, <laughs> which is kind of funny to say, like, we're going to talk about it. What do you mean? We're gonna. It's like a bad, you know, uh, uh, who's on first joke or something. It seems like every time I mention it, I have to put it in quotes. But uh, Stephen King's It, the new uh, sort of re-release of the film, um, which is uh, at least for the most part being billed as a horror film. But um, before we get into it, talking about any of the effects and stuff, uh, I thought maybe we'd just see what did you guys think of the film, uh, Matt? Maybe starting with you, what was what was your take on It? Well. I feel bad to say this, but I actually didn't see the original until very recently, like in the last year and a half, probably. Um, and I thought... Is that the, new- Tim, the Tim Curry uh, yeah, TV the Tim Curry version? One. Yeah, it's yeah, a TV exactly. movie also. Right. So. so I knew this was coming and I saw the trailer and it and it looked pretty amazing. So I thought, well, I'll watch the original and then look forward to this one coming. And um, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I love the cinematography. I loved kind of the direction it went in it that Stephen King wouldn't be the first kind of um author that I would run to see his movies but it was it was excellent it gave me a good few jumps <laughs> um it didn't totally go down the gross out uh route, route that it mm-hmm. might have wanted to but uh I I really enjoyed it and, it and it definitely kind of shook me up which is what you kind of want when you come out of one of these movies so I loved it yeah, Matt, would you would you say, uh, are you uh, a fan of this kind of genre of film, like of horror films in general? Do you see a lot of these types of movies? I like, I like jumpy movies. So I would maybe go and see something like The Grudge that I would say is a more jumpy style movie. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't, you wouldn't find me in the, in the theater watching like a Saw movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the, so, the, the torture porn maybe is yeah, not quite exactly, up your alley. Exactly. Okay. No, no. But I like a good, scary, jumpy movie. I, in, I will go looking for that kind of movie. So yeah, cool. this, this fitted perfectly with, with what I like. Nice. Uh, Jason, what about you? What do you think of It? I uh, I also really liked it. I'm a huge fan of the book. I read a very long time ago. Yeah, cool. Um, and I did not like the TV movie version other than the Tim Curry stuff. Uh, also, because Stephen King, other than Salem's Lot, maybe, does not really belong on TV. Uh, also, the Stand TV series was very unsuccessful because and now it's going to be three movies. Because it's, uh, you know, it's uh, wide material. Anyway, uh, I actually really dug it. Uh, my Having read the book, I like the fact that it's going to be two movies because it needs to be. But at the same time, it's interesting that they split it into the kids movie and then the next one it's going to be the adults movie. I don't mm. think that's really a spoiler of any kind. Yeah. But uh you know, in the book, he jumps back and forth a lot in between the two people. 
the, the, the kids and the, you know, the two time frames. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see it kind of stripped apart and put in its own zone as it were. Um, so it, I, I, for me, even though I really liked it, I kind of felt certain impetuses missing, uh, for for what and why they did certain things, uh, even though it was it was clear cut, but I was even though I haven't read it in a long time, I was feeling the the push and pull of the pacing of the book, which isn't necessarily fair to put on the movie, but uh, overall, uh, like Matt said, uh, Leonard said, I love the cinematography. I'm a huge anamorphic nut, and they you know went uh, crazy for it, which I really liked, and I I liked Pennywise's approach. Um, I thought they did a good job. It had a lot of good jumps and, and I liked the sort of, uh, the practical, like you were saying, the, the very practical nature of it up until, you know, when they needed to go digital, it seemed like they, they tried to hold on to practical as long as they could. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah. And wasn't it, it. it was the son of, uh, uh, one of the scars guards, right. That, uh, played Pennywise. So. Bill right. Um, so I, I didn't ask that, Matt. Uh, Matt, did you read the book? No, no. I, I don't think I've ever read any Stephen King books. Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, so, I'm probably more in that camp too, Matt. Like I, I, I didn't read this book. Uh, I think I, I tried to read. Um, what was it? The uh, the first uh, gunslinger book uh, from the Dark other Tower. F- Dark Tower, yeah. and I got you know a good halfway into it, and then I, I was distracted by I think a a, a slightly at least for me, a more, a more compelling book at the time. But, but yeah, I thought, I thought this movie was uh, really great. I I was surprised. I'm not a big fan of, of the, the horror genre. I think I could go in for a good jump scare every now and then, but I was surprised how much I really liked this movie. And I was actually really pumped to see it. I was from the trailers that I had seen, I was really excited about it. And I think, um, all the things that you guys mentioned are, are things that really uh, help bring this picture together in a, in a cool way. I, I think um, the casting of all those kids, uh, they made so many excellent choices. There's the one kid um, who's actually in uh, the Stranger Things yep. TV show. But the casting of all those kids, really across the board, I mean, I thought they were all really really solid or they at least performed in a solid way with regards to what they had to do. The young, uh, the young, uh, female, uh, character who's, I can't remember the character name. What's her name again? The character in the, um, do you remember? Yeah. So it's with a B Becky. Yeah. She Beverly. was, is it Beverly? Beverly. Yeah. Be- Beverly. I think that's Beverly. Right. Sorry, Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. She was, I thought she was phenomenal. She was phenomenal. She was, yeah. She had a real like magnetic, uh, presence on screen too. Right. And she has to, she has to play a very, she, the audience has to agree with the kids in mm-hmm. like how kind of like attracted they are to her without adult audience members feeling like, you know, sort of out of their zone. You know, yeah. To James Woodsy. <laughs> right. The, uh, you know, <laughs> the parlance of our time. Uh, but, you know, you had to connect with her and she had to hold, you know, I mean, we should just say spoiler alert now. I don't know why anyone would yeah, listen to this yeah. if they haven't seen the movie anyway. But, uh, you know, the fact that she has to hold both the new girl character and the the father potential or, you know, insinuated abuse mm-hmm. line and all that. I mean, that's heavy kind of subtext totally. to hold as a character. And I think she did a really good job. I and mean, they all did a great job. And I think the reason 
everyone's connecting to it. And the reason it's doing so well at the box office is because there's actual character development and actual story. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. care about the characters very early on. Uh, and you know who the villain is in the opening scene. Not that you didn't from the trailers, but you know, just as a movie uh, pacing and whatever, like it's very clear right away what's happening. And mm-hmm. they just throw you right in and you, you, I think they do a really good job of setting up the kids, like you were saying, and and it's just it's good storytelling. Yeah, and I, yeah, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that too, Jason, in terms of the the way it, uh, maybe if you recall, uh, the ways in which some of it maybe connects to the book. Only in that, you know, watching the film, I think you you make a good point. Like that's one of the things that makes it, I think, uh, so compelling to watch is that you know it's really a story. It feels like at least you know having not read the book and just seeing sort of I guess this first half of the story, it really feels like it's it's a true sort of. Uh, coming of age tale, right? All these kids are kind of right on the cusp of, or just entering sort of uh, those awkward years, you know, sort of at that sort of puberty age. And um, I think they're sort of in between that stage of being kids and moving into this kind of uh, more adult space. And there's really, I can't think of a single adult character. I'm trying to think if there even is one in the entire movie who's portrayed uh in a favorable way. Like it's really only the kids who have uh, a really compelling sort of uh, warm or, or even favorable um, uh, yeah, perceived like the character. Yeah, it's exactly. It's very much like Goonies are very much like uh, Stranger Things too, in that yeah. sense. But I think that's one of the things that makes the film uh, really resonate and successful. I, 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 oddly enough, just a few nights ago, I was, I, I was flipping through what was on, uh, HBO, uh, movies, you know, on the, the app on the, mm-hmm. the Roku or whatever. And they had a, uh, a, um, uh, they, they had the breakfast club on there and I haven't seen oh, that yeah. probably since it came out. And I, I was, I actually didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched maybe the first, you know, 90 minutes or hour and 15 minutes or something of it. And, I, it struck me how like, ah, oh, that's, that's kind of similar too. although those kids are a little bit older, but it's really a story just about these kids, about the struggles that kids have, the, the yeah. trials and, and tribulations and a lot of great character development, really good direction. And I think this movie really, uh, in a really smart way, a, a lot of people are talking about in the reviews and stuff, they're talking about how, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, people are surprised. I mean, I read a thing in the trades today about how like it's expected to cross 200 million uh, this awesome. coming weekend. And um, I think people are saying it's, you know, a massive box office success. It's kind of a surprise for this type of movie. It could become the highest grossing horror film movie uh, release ever, I think, is what I read today. And uh, they keep talking about how oh, it was released at the right time. There's kind of a dearth of new uh, material uh, in the theaters this week, maybe until uh, the Aronofsky movie comes out, I think, this weekend. But um, I think the thing that they're never, I don't hear anybody really talking about, at least in the the uh, trade reviews about why it's so successful, is that connection to films like Stranger Things or like Goonies. And I think that's a huge part of the appeal is that it, it really is kind of getting back to this kind of uh, sense of and genre of filmmaking that's like about kids, but where the kids are incredibly smart characters. They're and rich strong. characters, strong characters, really well written. They talk like kids talk, like they make fun of each other. They they, they make, uh, you know, absurd innuendos with one another, like, you know, and about each other's moms and stuff like that, you know, like really sort of sassy kind of snarky talk. And I don't know. What do you guys well, think? Well, you know, it had a, I think 
I think this is only because of the source material, but it had a a very strong kinship to me to stand by me, which was also a Stephen King totally property, right? That was a short story, The Body, but it's similar to strong kids who can take care of themselves and they figured out without the help of adults, none of them runs to an adult to say, please help me. I don't know what to do. They all have a strength about them and a group strength and a group mentality that I think is lacking in a lot of movies now. And to your, to your point about reviewers, reviewers would have to actually like intellectually discuss a film instead of just sensationalizing (laughs) sensationalizing it for people to read it and clickbait. So I think that you're not going to see a lot of, you know, uh, heavy, uh, heavy introspection in, uh, in reviews. Well, I suppose that's true. I guess I just don't think it's a stretch. Like when you look at it, of course not audiences walk out of there and I feel like everybody that's seen it that I know, they all make that connection. Like it seems so, um, uh, omnipresent. The marketing, I have to say, you know, it's a $35 million film and they probably spend at least $35 million on the marketing. Uh, if you, the film is incredibly well marketed Mm -hmm. and because there's no way that there is a, a uh, nostalgic audience for it on the scale that represented at the box office. It's, it's just not, yeah. I just yeah. don't think it's logical assumption. I tried, it was playing in, in three theaters near me and each theater had it in multiple screens. And I was like over the weekend, like, Oh, I'm just going to go run out and see it. And every screening was sold out every single one. Really? Wow. Yeah. Is this, and this is in Brooklyn in Queens In Queens. Okay. And it's like, you know, that is now there wasn't a lot of great movies out at the same time. Cause I was looking at what else was playing and there's mm-hmm. like not a lot of great stuff, but well, Dunkirk, I mean, come on. It's not like still playing. Said, yeah. That's yeah. still <laughs> playing near me, but, uh, but anyway, I think, I think there's just a really good marketing, marketing campaign yeah. to, to, to draw people in. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I was I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised uh, at how much I liked it when leaving the theater. I uh, really uh, wasn't expecting to enjoy it uh, half as much as I as I did. I wasn't um, expecting you to enjoy it at all because you never like anything. <laughs> well, I only like <laughs> I like good movies, you know. So oh right, sorry. So uh, as we often do, uh, and and probably are. Uh, required to do here, which I think is, is actually really interesting in this movie, um, is to get into talking about the visual effects. Now I have, uh, dug around everywhere I can to see if I can find anything at all about, uh, who did the effects and what are some of the effects. And I have yet to find, uh, a single, uh, online, uh, article, uh, talking about this film, which kind of is a bummer because I was hoping to have uh, an opportunity to, to, to dive a little deeper. I don't know if you guys have seen anything yet, but um, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about the effects. Uh, one of the, the things I think um, if we just look at it almost in a sort of maybe not quite sequential way, but in, um, in terms of some of the bigger effects, uh, you know, Pennywise, obviously uh, as a character, uh, the clown character, he's, he's, uh, in large measure makeup, but they are doing some things, um, at least that I was able to see to augment him, uh, digitally in some shots. Uh, it looked like there were a number of shots where 
when we're uh, seeing him up close, that they've done something to make, uh, and I don't know if this is digital or practical, but they've got his eyes askew where his eyes are not tracking, uh, like, you know, stereoscopically, they sort of, like huh. he has like a wandering kind of uh, lazy eye that sort of, uh, the closer you like get to him. the and, clown kind of? Yeah, totally. And, um, and I thought that was, uh, that was really interesting. I don't know if, did you guys, uh, have anything about, uh, the character Pennywise in particular that, that really jumped out at you effects wise, Matt? Nothing effects wise though. I did pick up on, on, as you said, the eyes and it reminded me of, um, the Mel Gibson movie, the passion. If you remember that movie, the character there that portrayed the devil they went through the whole of the movie and they removed any blinks from him so at no point during that movie did he ever blink and it just i think same with pennywise in the fact that they've messed with the eyes it 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 makes you not fully aware of what they've done you just feel uncomfortable that something isn't right and i really like that subtlety that that they did in in the passion and they did again with this where they just tweak with something so you know it's it's like they introduce the uncanny valley Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In a way that you can't go, oh, now that looks unreal. It still looked real, but there was something kind well, of. Because he was a real person. So like, yeah. you can do that because you're not dealing with a CG right. person. Exactly. But it just left you subconsciously feeling uncomfortable with something. And I think that really helped with just being uncomfortable with the whole character, which is obviously what they wanted you to feel. Well, it's like in Black Swan to your to your other thing where they went through and every mirror that had a reflection, they slipped the reflections in time by like three or four frames. So they right. were off. So yep. like you can't really feel it, but see it, but you can feel that everything's slightly off and out. And it just kind of, you know, tweaks you out. But in this case, they did something really interesting. I didn't catch the eye thing. What I did catch is when he has extreme movement, they stabilize the frame around his head. Did you see that? No, no I didn't. I didn't. So it was, like, it was like Logan, sort of, in, in the way that they stabilized around him for the super crazy mm-hmm. Professor X thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene towards the end when they're in the... They're in the, in the, the sewer. sewers and, and they're in his main thing where the kids are floating and he, the thing, the sort of thing drops down and it looks like he's in his like circus thing and he's like, Hey kids, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he does this kind of wacky dance where he's like doing a jig and they stabilize around his head. So his head is completely sharp and not moving. It's almost like a snorri cam from like 50 feet away wow. right. and everything else is shaking around it. And they did that. Every time he's moving fast in the in the basement when he comes out of the water and goes like ah and runs at him, or even in the house when he runs at him, they stabilize on the head. So the head is dead center and moving clean and straight, and and all the motion blur is around him. And yeah, that's cool. And it and it it's it was super effective. Yeah, uh, I think that's a that's a really neat kind of effect too. Like those things like that that are, you know, arguably not. I mean, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but I would venture to guess they're arguably not like the most difficult kinds of effects to pull off. No, um, it's just I mean, it's all, it's all in camera. And, yeah, it's all and, in camera, basically. Like, but getting that kind of look and that kind of unnatural motion um, can really, if for a character like this too, in, t- in terms of talking about the jump scare and kind of the almost otherworldly nature of the character, uh, it really it really heightens all those um, senses in terms of what you see and how you feel about it. I thought the one uh, uh, 
event. Uh, well, there's actually, there were two events with Pennywise that really blew me away from a, a visual effects standpoint. The first was um, when the kids all gather together in the, I think in the garage and they're looking at um, old slides. This, yeah, yeah. Yes. And as the slide projector accelerates, it actually starts to become uh, almost an animation. Right. And then yeah. um, the culmination of that is this, incredibly, uh, large scale, like almost, you know, slide projector size, like with the, you know, the slide projector screen being really large version of the Pennywise character looked like almost on all fours, like an exaggerated scale. Yeah. He comes sort of bursting out of the screen and, uh, in another great, great kind of jump scare moment, but in a way too, that like he fills the space. Um, and I thought that was really, really something, I mean, clearly, uh, uh, a digital uh, character there, but uh, I don't know. What did you guys think of that effect? Did that one work for you? Yeah, I I particularly liked it because as I was watching it, I was thinking, I was thinking projection in Nuke, and I was thinking you could have made the the character and then projected it onto it. And it kind of felt like that, so it mm. felt slightly artificial to begin with, and then as the kind of the strobing continued and continued, there was obviously a. A, a change where it obviously went from being projected to being a physical uh, creature or whatever it was going to be. Um, but yeah, I just, I love the whole thing because it felt to me the whole ramp up in that sequence, you you kind of knew that it was going to go somewhere, but you didn't really know where and you knew the kids <laughs> weren't sure either. And it was one of those moments where it feels like you are experiencing what's happening at the same point the kids are and you kind of get it when they get it and then you're like oh my life that's oh no here we go and then <laughs> off it goes and and it, and it does the the crazy jump scare and i i love that i love the way that they they showed you stuff and then it then they cut away to the kids and you're like i need to look at this more so i can figure out what it is and they didn't they didn't give you it straight away which i thought was excellent yeah i yeah. agree sorry jason go ahead oh i was gonna say I, I agree i don't know if i can add much more to that what you guys said about that but the the other one that stuck out to me is i forget where it happens in the movie but when he unfolds yes from that he's like in a box or something yeah yeah a pipe or something and he yeah i think it's in the sewer like in the in the third act yeah and he's sort of been put away uh somehow in or is uh oh he's in the um he's in the 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 crank up um jack in the box box oh right 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 and then, yeah. and then when he comes out and then he just, his arms twist and unfold and like, it looked very, it's obviously digital, mm-hmm. but it looked very physical. There was no, I didn't see any physics issues with it. Like a lot of times you can get some herky jerky kind of things when joints go wacky. And to me, it looked, I was looking for it too. Cause I was like, all right, this is clearly to, you know, I, I had the same feeling you guys did where I, I, it looked like a lot was practical. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. where's the super digital shit? And then I was like, okay, this is clearly digital, but I was watching it and like, I couldn't see any, obviously I don't want to look for issues. I'm just, you know, being more observant in that moment. And I, I, it looked flawless. Like it was really, really nice. I wonder, I, I wonder in a sequence like that too, where, you know, where he is sort of that unfolding and joints bending in weird ways. And it almost looks as if there's some degree to which too, he changes scale as he emerges yeah. from the box. But uh, I wonder if, you know, one of the reasons why an effect like that can look so believable is that, you know, one, it's, 
it's supernatural, right? We've, we've sort of become accustomed to in the story at this point to the, the, this awareness that this character, you know, is he really a clown is, you know, he's, or he takes the shape of a clown, uh, to fulfill, you know, his hunger for fear or whatever, but he's some sort of supernatural creature. And, you know, we, we haven't seen him do anything uh, of that ilk up until that point in the film. And when he does do it, you know, the, the rendering, the construction, the lighting, the compositing, everything appears to be really flawless on one level, but also there's a inherent, um, uh, and a, and a positive suspension of disbelief where we're already kind of in this space where, uh, you'd really have to, um, uh, work, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, you, in order for it to fail, um, there would have to be some glaring things wrong with it on a, a straight-up optical level or a lighting level. And if you get those things dialed in right, like the supernatural component um, is one that I think is pretty forgiving too. Right, because it's like a Freddy Krueger thing. Like You already know that he can kind of do anything. Right. And he's going to sneak in wherever he can. Uh, and also I think it helps that it happened in a very dark environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not like a super obvious light source. There was really just the overhead yeah, sewer dim, light dim, source. diffuse light from yeah. above somewhere. Yeah. yeah, so that that helps certainly sell it because there's not a lot of edge lighting and, and stuff that you're going to start seeing mucking around, and uh, which, which uh, I don't think anyone, I would assume, wasn't like intentional to do it there because they could hide stuff. I'm just, it's a good way to take advantage of the environment to your, you know, to, to get the most out of your effect. Mm. It made me smile because I, I loved watching it because it just looked so interesting and fun, but it also reminded me of um, an old uh, Mark DePay uh, directed movie, Spawn. Uh, oh, yeah. I think the effects were done by, <laughs> by um, our good friend, Steve Williams. Yep. And, and they had that clown that changed into, I think it was called the Violator or something. And it was this almost the same thing with the arms flying out and kind of getting thick and then the legs doing weird movements and growing out of this weird little <laughs> clown guy into this big creature. And it felt kind of like that, but I hate to say this, but it felt a lot better and a lot more real. Um, when you looked at the cloth around the legs and, and the arms, it was like, that feels like real cloth somehow but it mm-hmm. obviously can't be for what it's doing but uh yeah i i thought it was pretty cool yeah i would agree i i thought that was uh certainly that and the uh slideshow things i think were two of my favorite uh cg effects in the thing what about um One of the things in the story in this film that sort of affords an interesting opportunity for a lot of visual effects. Now, I'm going to see if you guys can help me out here because I I don't know if I can remember all of them. But each one of our uh, kid characters um, has uh, some kind of a a vision. They're haunted by a vision or or has a a fear. And that's the kids from there's I think uh, looking at the IMDb page here. Right. There's there's Bill, uh, who's the main uh, kid with the, the stammer kind of, and, uh, yeah. Ben, who's kind of the, the slightly heavier, uh, little dude, Beverly, uh, there's, let's see, Richie, who I think is the, um, isn't he the inhaler kid maybe? Uh, uh Mike, yeah. and then Mike, who is the, the butcher's, uh, mm-hmm. the, the guy who's killing the, the lambs, he's the butcher's yeah. kid, uh, Ed, or maybe Eddie was the, uh, inhaler dude. And then, uh, Oh, Richie is the Richie's Stranger the Things kid. Stranger Things guy, yeah. Um, but uh, I can remember one of the first one that I do remember really well uh, is the vision that um, 
the uh, Beverly girl has, there's a, there's a really good scene um, that, uh, you know, I'd be curious, actually, it would be nice to get more of a, a female perspective on this too. But I, but I actually thought this was like kind of a, a cool scene in a way because it wasn't, wasn't um, mocked or made fun of. It really it sort of portrayed the anxiety and maybe some of the, um, uh, you know, sort of discomfort and embarrassment that like a young woman might feel like, um, you know, when she first gets her her period and she has to go to the drugstore to buy, um, uh, you know, feminine hygiene products or whatever. And she's, she's standing there and she's sort of uh, trying to uh, hide the fact that this is something that she's got to do. And I think she's sort of uneasy about doing it. But so she's going through this kind of coming of age and uh, she returns back home and her vision is one where uh, she's having clearly, a, you know, what seems to be an abusive kind of scenario and situation with her, her father. We never see a mother uh, in the story for her. Um, and there is this um, scene in the bathroom where she goes into the bathroom and slams the door and closes the door. And uh, from the sink, if I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah. blood blood begins to gurgle up and and uh, percolate <laughs> up from the sink drain. And then uh, these sort of... Um, She's recently cut her hair too, and all the hair that she cut when she cut her hair short uh, falls into the sink. And so these tendrils of sort of blood-stained and soaked hair reach out from the sink like um, like tentacles of an octopus, kind of, and they grab onto her and pull her, trying to pull her towards the drain. And um, a lot of that appeared to be uh, practical, but I would imagine uh, the grabbing on of the uh, tendrils and stuff uh, potentially had some digital components in there. Um, what did you What did you guys think of that? I would think. I would sequence? think. I love the sequence. I thought it, it was reminiscent of the Shining elevator mm-hmm. thing, which of course is Stephen King, uh, and um, but also uh, first nightmare on Elm Street when Johnny Depp gets waxed and the whole bed turns he into gets like eaten blood by the bed. <laughs> yeah, and the blood shoots out of the bed um, to the ceiling like in an upside down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really great i would imagine that the hair was fully cg mm. in my i mean maybe they had some stuff in some of the wides when she's getting pulled or in the close-up maybe they had some practical but when they're growing i would bet that it had it was you know a fair bit of cg i'm guessing because we we don't have any information about it yeah but but i did love that she's sitting there like completely terrified and the dad walks in and has no clue and it like we it's obviously a vision but i think that's one of the only times they really show an adult inside the other kid's vision yeah and it's it's almost like it's not obvious at that point you're like wait he can't see all this stuff that she's covered in blood yeah. there's there's blood all over the walls of the bathroom well and, and the then floor. she brings the kids back and they see it you know what i mean later mm-hmm. kids the rest of the kids see it and they can clean it up which, you know, shows a connection because what are the, either cleaning technically something that's not really there. So yeah. you start, you start mixing that, that, uh, thing. And, and, and just to point out, I think that blood cleaning scene, cause I don't remember if that's in the book, but there's a scene, I don't know if you guys have read the articles, this is a little bit of a rat hole, but in the book, there's a very controversial scene where when the kids go to the sewer to fight it, they need to like focus and bond together. And Beverly decides the only way to do that is for her to have sex with all six boys. I did read that. And I thought that sounded crazy. 
And because, because my son, you know, Lucas really wants to see the movie. And I was like, I don't, uh, he hasn't really gone deep on scary movies yet. And I'm sort of like a little hesitant, but I was like, he's like, well, let me read the book. And the first thing that popped into my mind was like, was uh, I don't know. You know, he's 10. I was like, I don't know if that's really the scene. Like, I mean, it'll be, it would be fine ultimately, but it's, it's just, you know, that was the scene. And I was like, Oh wait, is that going to be in the movie? Cause it wasn't in the TV movie. And I think that this sort of bonding moment of them cleaning, helping her clean the bathroom might have been the replacement for that. Although they, I think they said they did some sort of other minor character interactions in the sewer for them to sort of focus up. But, but really I think that might be one of the more coalescing moments because it's right after that, that they sort of sort of charge back into the, into the scary house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it seems like there's a number of scenes, uh, I guess that you could cite like that where different, uh, either individual, like two kids or a group of three kids, or in that case, maybe all the kids, like there are these sort of interesting bonding moments where, uh, sometimes it feels as if uh, they're getting closer together. And then, of course, you know, maybe uh, the uh, what's his name? The uh, Richie ca- character with the glasses, you know, he's constantly sort of the wisecracker hurling out the uh, the the insults and being somewhat dismissive of the uh, the fear that some of the other kids have. But- what did we what did you guys think about the because I think Mike's I think Mike's vision was probably practical with the burning uh, people like reaching around the door and some fire, like that uh, seems yeah. pretty mm-hmm. logical to do with some practical, you know, latex makeup and stuff. But I think, um, I think um, the, I forgot his name already, but the, the asthmatic kind of, uh, you know, Munchausen by proxy kid. Yeah. I think it's uh, Eddie, Eddie, maybe. Eddie, yeah. His, yeah. his uh, vision of the, not him, sorry. Uh, the, the, the rabbi's kid. Oh, who, is that Stanley? Uh, ben, I think. Yeah. Ben, who sees the, sees the painting woman oh, coming yes. at him. Yeah. That like, was so good. So that was good. super good. And it reminded me of those white faces from exorcist kind of. Totally. Yeah. The, the single frame flashes yeah. that are in yeah. that. Yeah. The painting was so great. Uh, a friend of mine was talking about that. Uh, I went and saw it with a buddy of mine here and he was talking about the painting and it's actually reminiscent. I can't remember now. It's embarrassing. I can't remember the artist now, but he was saying it's really reminiscent of this, this other uh, artist um, that he do the name of some woman painter. But, but I thought that was a great thing too, where it's like, that's actually such a powerful memory from childhood for, I would imagine for a lot of kids, like some creepy piece of artwork, like in your grandparents' house or some friend's house where it's like, (laughs) it's just not, there's something about it that just kind of rubs you the wrong way. And then sort of the, you know, art can kill like the power of art, you know, like that it it has that ability. And that painting was so disturbing, but to have that character too, with that distorted, almost like, you know, scream, like the Edvard Munch uh, scream, but a, a weird sort of female version of that, like to see that thing come to life and to sort of ambulate around and to be confronted by that face I thought was was brilliant and brilliantly scary too yeah it it really creeped you out before it even did anything and I think I was watching and thinking this is bound to come back and I kind of don't want it to because it's already (laughs) so freaky they could I don't yeah but it was it was such a 
a weird painting and when they took it into the into like 3d mm-hmm. um it was it it was just so bizarre and did did the clown become the painting at some point or burst out of the painting or something no. happened right where there was was there a, a no i think it's just the no it's just the in, in their visions it's just the visions pennywise just, isn't right. in it pennywise is only in richie's because he's afraid actually of clowns which i right, thought right 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 is, yeah. is great that they're like well, what do you you know what's you what are you afraid of he's like i can't stand you know i'm afraid of clowns and you're like oh okay that's awesome you know? yeah but um, then all the all the kids do subsequently see of course oh, they, they do see s- pennywise yeah but not as part of the those not as specific of fears right, right. yeah because eddie's eddie's for me actually was the most pedantic with the zombie kind of character mm-hmm. it was a little more on the nose that that or what was the leper character so oh, chasing around the house yeah but he calls yeah. it it was he called it a leper which was the actually i thought it was a zombie until he said leper <laughs> right? well and the, and the the thing about the the character too which i thought was interesting which Again, I I could I couldn't tell if this was digital or practical, but the the nasal cavity, like yeah. how you, in the skull, like how it actually had uh, it was sort of like prehensile, like it was actually sort of undulating and flexing, yeah. you know, like which Voldemort, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, which was a great it's a great twist too because it's like a, kind of humorous in a way, but it works yeah. in the context of this kind of uh, this kind of setup with a lot of these uh, jump scares going on. Yeah, what about um. Uh, when we get closer to uh, sort of the, the the third act here, and we wind up the kids uh, wind up discovering through their uh, interesting research. I like that the the Ben character, who was kind of the yeah. the, ch- the chubby kid, he winds up spending his uh, spare time uh, at the library. And in spending his time at the library, he learns all this stuff about the history of the city and how all these kids were killed in this uh, this terrible. Um, this terrible incident and uh, that there's this uh, well that connects all the, the sewers together. And so the kids eventually find their way into these, into the sewer. And when we, when we um, first get down there, I think it's just, uh, if I remember correctly, I think it's just Beverly that winds up down there first and she's, she's taken and captured by Pennywise. Um, And there's uh, two things that happen in that sequence. One is the, um, the uh, extension of the internal jaw mechanism of the yeah. the creature or whatever Pennywise really is um, is displayed. So it sort of uh, almost comes out of the the mouth and the jaws. The the mouth opens slightly too wide, and we get this kind of multifaceted, almost like a shark like um, uh, internal kind of tooth mm-hmm. man- mandible like structure. What did you guys think of that uh, that effect? Well, he does that when he bites uh, Ben's face also. Right, he right. has the marks. He's like sucking on his face to like, I forget why. It's just a uh, kiss. Yeah. And well, also yeah. right at the beginning, right? When he takes his arm off in the uh, yeah. sewer. Right. Yeah. In the drain. Yeah. And so so my kid, Lucas, had told me beforehand because he had been, because I won't let him see the movie. He's been watching all this shit on YouTube about it. <laughs> and before I went to see it, he goes, just want to let you know, because I told him I had to do a podcast about it. He goes, I just want to let you know that I just watched a YouTube video, a behind the scenes YouTube video, where they talked about how all the rows of teeth are practical. Really? Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, no, that's least, cool. um, you know, maybe not in all the shots, but they, they must have done some sort of uh, mechanism 
around the face where it could, the mask could maybe stretch out and, uh, you know, his mouth would be covered by the You teeth. know, I, I think we should all just like quit and just let Lucas finish the show. I mean, he's got more actual information than any of the three of us. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I, I think a fair bit of it was, was practical, at least, you know, maybe they shot it practically and then augmented it, you know, with CG to just sort of clean stuff up or, you know, any mechanism or, or to make it scarier. Um, yeah, that's cool. I thought I thought that was an, uh, a really nice uh, a nice sort of twist as you get to the point where you know once he's sort of captured you, like what can he then do to you? He's just this dumb yeah. clown. But then to have him actually have that ability to to uh, sort of transmigrate well, his mouth, I think. Well, was- so here's here's an interesting thing, and and I don't want to ruin something for you guys for the second movie, but you know, Pennywise is a it is a spider. Hmm. Right. It's a giant spider. And the you'll float the floating thing where all the kids were floating, I think, is meant to intimate like the web. You know what I mean, that they're yeah. all sort of cocooned or or, you know, um, they're sort of frozen, you know, the way hmm. Beverly is, you know, just sort of hovering mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, in the lights. And I think there's a whole thing about the lights that in the book. Um, so in the in the book, I believe when they they bounce back and forth between uh, the kids and the adults, I I could be wrong, but I believe there's a moment where they're fighting Pennywise both as kids and as adults, hmm. you know, or cutting between that mm-hmm. those two moments, those two fights, because they come back basically 27 years later to right. fight him again right? as they so agree all, to at the end right. of this movie with their yes. blood handshake. Yeah. It's like the end of wet, hot American summer, you know, right. 10 years. <laughs> let's, let's come back and see how we are. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so that's why I was saying it kind of was interesting to see it this way, stripped out into a single storyline. Um, because when they're fighting him is when you see the spider and the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd be, I, I, I wouldn't have made the spider uh, connection to the creature. That was one thing. Actually, I was, I was going to ask you, Jason, was what, what is it? You know, if they ever get into that in the book. But yeah, yeah a spider would not have been uh, my- which, which is why when we did the Super Eight show, I think I don't know if I made the reference then, but like basically that that creature was you know webbing up people, and it was like this big kind of crabby spider thing and the kids have to go into the sewers to fight the or to release the monster well that's right? actually that's a that's a great uh connection to draw because I, I hadn't made that connection yeah uh, in my head but that was the other thing i was going to ask about was that in sequence where uh we see they come and they they come to rescue um the, uh, I shouldn't say rescue. That's I guess but that's kind of what happens. But that was the one critique I saw where somebody said, "Of course, she becomes the damsel in distress who has to be rescued by the boys." But um, but they come and they they uh, bring Beverly down from floating as she's sort of captured by yeah. by Pennywise. But that whole space where we see essentially this large kind of larger than normal sort of storm drain or well-like structure where there's very much like in Super 8, that's a great uh, connection to make uh, that tower of all of the sort of detritus and Mm -hmm. things that these kids had, whether it was um, 
a little brother's uh, raincoat uh, and and his uh, little SS Georgie paper boat or, you know, bicycles and all kinds of uh, little bits and pieces and then those kids floating around. What did you guys think of, of, that, um, of that design and the execution of that space as a kind of the evil sort of layer? Matt? Uh, I'm just thinking back. It, it definitely... F- it felt slightly out of place, but not too much um, in that it felt, it, I found it hard to believe there was something that huge down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in regards to kind of the art direction of what they did with it, I thought that fitted really well because it obviously, it wasn't like his hangout. He obviously, he was in there and obviously lived down in the sewer, but they hadn't made it into some kind of house looking thing. It still felt like they were in the sewer. Mm-hmm. Um I was just surprised how big it was. I think it was the size um, that surprised me. And, and it was the only thing that probably took me slightly out of the movie was was trying to think around, you know, <laughs> why is it that big and and why does it seem that light? Obviously, there's the there's the skylight above or the, or the storm, big storm drain thing above it. The well. Um, I mean, technically, it's the well. Yeah, the, that's it. Yeah, the well. But it's and, big um, enough to like house a like a yeah. intercontinental so, ballistic yeah. missile or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it felt like, that's probably very close to what I thought. It felt a bit like a silo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Why is that there? But I think it fitted. It, but it, it went a little bit science fiction at that point for me. I was it with I think with the floating and the way the light was and the how everything was a little bit glowy. It, yeah. It, it yeah, I mean, they probably, they probably could have cut that scale in half and it still would have read as big. Totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I actually kind of like, though, you say it kind of, that's where it kind of went sci-fi. And I think that's where, like, you know, the hooks got deeper in me, though, because, like, it, it's a horror movie. It's a movie about kids. It's supernatural. It's scary as I'll get out. There were definitely a couple moments where I literally had shivers, like, running up my spine, <laughs> where I was like, dang, like, this is pretty, this is pretty good. Um, well, here's a, I'm, oh, oh, sorry. sorry, figure, finish. I was just going to say, like, I, I like that it had a, a touch of that kind of like otherworldly, like I, I wouldn't have made the connection to a spider, but I thought, well, it's some kind of evil. Like I could believe that it's some kind of supernatural evil, but I could also believe that it's some kind of like, you know, alien or something almost too. And like that also would have been perfectly satisfying for my nerdy sci-fi uh, yeah. <laughs> love that I have. Well, I mean, you know, to, to sort of make the reference to Super 8, this movie perfectly proves my potentially overly harsh critique of super eight, which is, which is you don't need adults in these movies. Totally. The adult storyline in super eight is superfluous and completely unnecessary and ruins the movie. Yeah. That's a good point. You have the kids, let the kids be strong, you know, smart characters, which they are in super eight, but you keep, it's like I said, when super eight came out, it's like, if you watched Goonies and you kept cutting back to the parents packing up the fucking house, you're like, you'd be like, we, well, we know they're moving. We know every, this is happening. I don't need to see it. I want to see the kids. And that's what happened, happened in, in super eight and which did not happen here. The only, all the parents' characters you see only when necessary, when they're stopping the kids from doing something and the kids always get past them. Right. You know? Yeah. They're like the, yeah. the, the, the adults in the peanuts cartoons or something. But they're, 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 um, they're characters that are, are 
very fractured. Like the mom who's trying to keep the kid sick, or at least luckily in this case, doesn't actually give him, make him sick, just psychologically does, which is just as bad. But luckily, at least nicely in the film, the pills he's taking are placebos. Yeah. Um, Is that actress in that, by the way, is she wearing like a fat suit? Oh, I don't know. Is or is that like a I don't real think so. like I mean that is she was the weirdest looking human I've seen I've seen in a while, <laughs> like in a movie. Like just the but, way the costuming and the sort of caricature yeah. caricature of that character was I mean really well. well they done made her like a homebody so, sort of, you know what I mean? Like Gilbert Grape or something, but Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just strange. Yeah. If you think about all the adults, I mean, the guy in, in the drugstore, the mother, the father, especially, obviously, and they're all super creepy and, and make you feel uncomfortable whenever they're on screen, which I think is interesting because you've obviously got the clown, which is also perceived for the most part as like a grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not really. And, it's like a weird hybrid. It's like, yeah, because he's he has this high kind of voice. He's not super tall. His face is kind of like a kid. But he's obviously old. We all, you know, you get the impression that based on Ben's research, he's been around for a long time. Right, yeah. I did hear um, one uh, one really good critique, uh, like a, a critical analysis of the film on, um, I don't know if you guys ever listened to that uh, show out of Chicago, but it's called Film Spotting, another mm-hmm. podcast. Um, it's pretty good. It's, it's I guess it's on public radio too in Chicago, but... Um, but they, you can download the episodes for free, and uh, it's pretty interesting community. And the uh, the main uh, guys that participate in it, they do, um, you know, some interesting analysis. I think they're both like film scholars, and they teach uh, film at uh, universities in that in Illinois somewhere. But um, they were talking about this movie, and one of the guys, I can't remember which one, but was talking about how. In, he he read this whole movie in large measure on that basis of the fact that like there really are no adults and the adults that we do see are pretty uh, lascivious like you know lecherous kind of un, unseemly uh, characters that it's really a movie about like fear of uh, adulthood of leaving childhood and moving into adulthood and that the whole movie works on that level too as this kind of metaphorical exploration of the maintenance of and trying to maintain that kind of uh, innocence of childhood which I thought was kind of cool but being forced to um, confront sort of all these uh, fears and anxieties around what it means to enter that world of adults. And I thought that was a, an interesting interpretation. I don't know if that's really a part of the text of the, of the novel and the original story, but I thought that was kind of a cool read of the, uh, of the film. Yeah. So they had some interesting theories. I thought though, that that was uh, the idea of the adults and of the lack of adults that you were describing earlier too. Um, and the sort of variant, the difference between, um, the representation of adults to kids in this film, as opposed to Super 8, where we do get some of that backstory of the adult characters. I was trying to think, and I think this is true. You could say that too of uh, E.T., right? And E.T. is a film yeah. where we do get a tiny bit of backstory about the mother, and we do interact with the uh, the scientist, I guess, the Keys character from the book, I think, uh, that is played by uh, Peter Coyote, right? We get a little yeah. bit with him at the end. Well, but, but you need him because he's like the, you know. He's sort of like the adult version yeah. of the Elliot kid, right? Yeah. But, but uh, other than that, the whole film is told from the kid's point of view. Even uh, the camera, 
I think uh, I've read in a few places the decision was made. Spielberg decided to set the camera at the eye height of Henry Thomas uh, during the right. film in order to try to generate and create more of a sense of empathy with the kids. And I didn't notice right. that in this movie, whether or not there were any of those kinds of um, subjective placements of camera. Well, in- I think, I, I mean, it's it probably, I mean, I don't, I don't think the camera was ever, when they were just the kids, I don't think the camera was ever at, at above them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I would say probably when it's when there's no adult, you know, um, in in the frame, you know, certainly when the father is coming into the bathroom, it's definitely the up shot of him totally. coming in, which makes him look larger, you know, Dear old more dad. looming. Yeah. Um, but I think you know the all the other interesting thing is the, the the parents are you know are not just portrayed that way because because to to make them weaker to the kids to make the kids character stronger they're played that way because that's how kids see adults yeah yeah i mean they don't understand adulthood in any way so they so they manufacture you know these things are like oh my parents are just trying to do this to me or they're just you know nobody (laughs) understands me even though parents understand kids perfectly fine because they were kids or they or they can if they choose or they can sure yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'm being logical about it uh but you know i mean so i think there's that too i mean even in stand by me there's no adults you know what i mean there's the Kiefer sutherland you know there's the in like in this you know stephen king has a thing about bullies you know but in 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 this in this movie just like in the stand in the stand by me there are there are these teenage characters who are the actual antagonists to the kids. Well, yeah. And the, and the bullies in this movie too are like yeah, the vicious. one guy is like borderline sociopath, you know, yeah. and he decide he wants to shoot the cat and like, yeah. I don't know, just so and much. Carves the H into, into, yeah. uh, so messed and, up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's to kids, you know, the, the teenagers are, are the, the, the biggest, you know, deal. I mean, like Lucas just started, my kid just started sixth grade mm-hmm. and he's like, man, the eighth graders are like, Huge. We, call them, we call them the skyscrapers, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, they're only two years older than you, dude. Like, you know, dude, it's but, so, you know, it's, it's totally real though. My son just started yeah. eighth grade and he's like, Jeez, yeah. he's one of the skyscrapers now. Yeah. It's freaky. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's really cool. So, um, curious, uh, just, are there any other things that, uh, stuck out with you guys like things that either about the film or about uh, any uh, perceived visual effects that maybe we haven't touched upon do you guys think all the balloons when they were floating were cg the single balloons like in the library and stuff i would think that was practical but yeah i don't know i that i will never look at a red balloon the same way again (laughs) i think they were probably practical for the most part but i think when when they needed to move them around in in certain scenes i think Maybe they would have gone digital slightly. Um, I think the they, one in the uh, library was completely digital. That's yeah, my feeling. Right. Yeah. Because the maybe. reflection, if you look at the reflections of the balloons, mm-hmm. I think that's what gives it away. Like the reflection is too perfect. And also I don't think the reflection moves. Oh, interesting. It, which might be part of the whole, at least I didn't see it moving, uh, might be part of this whole sort of just throw things off slightly. Mm. Um, I... Though, especially the the especially the the one in the library to me felt the most if you had to like get nitpicky the most fake just because of its sheen, sheen 
Well, it's so had perfect. This, yeah, it was very perfect, very, which is fine because it should be because it's not real, right? So right. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. But the reflection of the library in the balloon, to me, didn't feel like it moved very much as it moved through the space, um, which I, again, would chalk up to this, you know, just making things seem off. It was cool too the use of the red balloon and the the red balloon traveling on its own in that it's so reminiscent of the um, the French film the red balloon the sh- the French short film oh, you guys right. ever seen that the that's made in the I guess in the fifties uh, or maybe early sixties but it's not long after. Uh, the conclusion of the second world war it's within that first decade i think or or 15 years maybe but uh have you guys seen that the red balloon the french film short i haven't film? seen it but i mean i know it it's yeah, it's really great but it's like it's a it's a something i remember watching as a kid um you know in elementary school they would wheel out the projector on a rainy day and we'd watch <laughs> the red balloon in class and it's it's maybe only 20 20 minutes long i think it's a it's a criterion collection short film now you can get it uh you can probably see it on youtube too but it's um it's a film that you know there is some language in it speaking uh in french but it's not um uh, a verbal film it's an all um it's all just uh visual in terms of the storytelling, but it's about this kid and his red balloon and encountering bullies and all that kind of stuff. And the, uh, the balloon has a character all its own in the film. It's uh, a puppeted balloon, right? Where they're pulling it with strings and, uh, fishing wire and things of that nature. But, um, it's, it's so effective and such a really interesting, uh, film, but it's great. The use of the red balloon in this film as another character or as like, a um, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, foreshadowing, you know, this kind of thing that, you know, you're, uh, about to see something, uh, maybe that might give you a, a bit of a scare when, or that Pennywise is watching you or is nearby this, uh, <laughs> yeah. balloon floating through the scene. But, well, I mean, it's quite possible that Stephen King, you know, was also re- referencing the, was referencing that because he would be old enough to have, you know, been a kid around the time, you know, that, that, so that's an, that's an element in the book too, then the balloon is, so- I, I believe so. I don't recall exactly, but I, it was, I'm almost positive. The balloons are, are in the book and they're certainly in the, in the TV movie. No, not, yeah, not definitely. maybe floating on their own, but certainly balloons. Yeah. I, 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 you shouldn't feel bad, Matt, because I haven't seen the TV movie. It's horrible. So. <laughs> I, just thought, I saw Curry. the clown Tim makeup and I great. just thought it just doesn't look that scary. It just looks really goofy. Yeah. But, but maybe that would be fun too. So, um, one good bit of news, I guess, is the fact that this, uh, for all three of us, I think, cause we, it sounds like we're all pretty big fans of this one. Um, it's, it's already been uh, greenlit for part two. I don't know if that was always in the cards, but it's for sure going to happen now with the uh, the smashing uh, financial success of this picture. Um, any any other closing thoughts, or we can? Uh... I think the only thing that that I, I keep thinking about, and and um, it was just a visual gag, really. It wasn't really an effects gag, but they used it a few times, and it kind of goes back to the uh, scene with the projector was obviously that whole scene started with the uh, the picture of the family and the mother's hair and the, yeah. and the and that kind of strobe effect and then they did that again I think with the newspaper with the crowd of people in the 
black and white hand-drawn oh, newspaper yeah. image. Yeah. And it kind of flickered through that and then you saw the clown's face. So I, I like those effects. They they were um, they kind of drew you in. You you kind of were appearing into the screen waiting to, to see what was going to happen or, or where you're going to see the clown in amongst it all. Well, and from an effects um, design point of view too, I think there was something like they just, they felt kind of... Uh, like something I haven't seen in a long time, like they felt fresh in a contemporary film to see those kind of really subtle um, effects and subtle hints at, uh, you know, a character in a scene that you wouldn't expect to see. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, we, we, I think we talked just very briefly at the beginning that the cinematography was so nice, but I also thought the grading was really nice. It just felt, it felt like it wasn't super dark or super kind of blue or anything. It just fitted nicely with the movie. So I was going to bring that up. Actually, I wanted to see this at the Dolby theater, which, um, is it like an Atmos or? Yeah, it's like the super laser projector where it's like super black and they have the thing that comes up and it's like, sorry, projector's still on. It's just super dark blacks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up seeing it by my house, which is a totally fine 4K projector. But I felt that the projection was dark and oh, I thought okay. it was just because the movie was dark. But then I talked to a friend of mine who saw it at the Cinerama in Seattle which was a Dolby laser projector. And they were like, no, man, you could see all sorts of stuff in the shadows and it was nice and crisp and sharp. So I think that maybe just by my house, either they were under projecting or, you know, it might've been just a tad dark. I might try and go see it again (laughs) at the, at the Dolby. Cause I was like, wow, man, they're really, wow. When they're, when they're, when it's, when it's dark, you know, tonally like, or, you know, uh, visually it's really dark. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't have that uh, experience. I thought like, I, I would agree. I thought, you know, it was nice. The grade was nice. Like it wasn't heavy handed at all. I thought, uh, it, all the colors and, and everything, it felt like a, almost like a natural lighting kind of movie in a yeah. way, yeah. you know, it, it looked really, uh, like straight, like there was, there was, they weren't goosing it in any particular direction so or desatting it or anything like that. There was one scene that jumped out at me, uh, and it was when all the kids go to the house the first time and then they run away, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When they cut to the first shot of them approaching the house and that whole scene, to me, felt like a reshoot or something because the depth of field was really deep all of a sudden. Hmm. The anamorphic sort of vibe was was not there and it's it's felt to me almost like they were just cropping spherical footage. Um, you know, could be when they come back to the house the second time is what you're saying. No, the first time. Oh, the first time they go. They all go there the first time. And they all time. drop their bikes in the middle yeah, of the street. Yeah, they all drop their bikes <laughs> in the street and kind of they're like, "What's going? You know, we have to. We're go, we're going to go over there or something. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I forget what the scene is. But then they and then they don't go in, right? Or they yeah, kind of just peek in and they're like, "We're out of here." Yeah. Um. There is was. That, uh, is, do they fight just after that? Is that where he hits him? I think so. I can't remember, but it's basically them by the house because they go there twice. And I think it's the first time they go there as a group that there's just something about the footage that felt like sharper, more vibrant and less anamorphic to me Hmm. than, than the rest of the film. And I, I couldn't place my finger on it, but I kind of like sat up and was like, that's weird. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't notice that. It's one that I actually think I, I would love to, uh, you know, go back and see one more time. I might wait till it comes out uh, on video, maybe in a at the year's end or something. But uh, yeah, really a super super fun movie. So, do you think you would take uh, your sixth grade son to see this movie? Do you think he could hack it? I not sure because <laughs> my thirteen year old son. No way, man. He could not yeah, do yeah. it. Like I'd be sleeping upstairs in his bedroom for like months. I bet he'd be so yeah, freaked that's out. That's the thing is, is my kid has crawled into my bed, you know, <laughs> in the middle of the night to be like, I had a bad dream. And so he was I like, mean, I really want to see it. I really want to see it. And I was like, dude, you got scared at the Poltergeist remake. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and that I movie's mean, terrible. I, I just don't <laughs> think I'd be shocked if, uh, you know, it's, it's rated R like, and it's rated R, I think for a good reason. Like it's, it's scary. Like, yeah. I think it'd be really freaky for a young kid. I think you'd well, have to be one of a his little friends bit older. Went, one of his friends went and I was kind of like, Hmm, that's an interesting choice by the parent. <laughs> I have, I questioned that parent and child anyway, personally, Yeah, but, uh, uh, <laughs> on other things, but you know, it's, uh, I, I just don't, I it, I don't think that's a I don't think it's a broad decision. I think it's a kid by kid decision. Totally, yeah. A friend of uh, mine asked me online, like she asked me if if I thought uh, she could take her thirteen year old, and what did I think? Because I said it was sort of like Stranger Things, only scarier, I think, yeah. or something. And she was like, "Well, do you think my thirteen year old can handle it?" And I was like, "Well, depends on the thirteen year old. Like my kid, like he's thirteen also, but he's a young thirteen. Like there's no way, you know? Yeah. But like I have a friend who who's I think the, their kid's about 12 or 13 is, and they're a festival programmer for, uh, the mom is for, you know, an independent, you know, sort of genre festival. Mm-hmm. And her kid watches like everything from like super gnarly Korean horror to, you know, <laughs> whatever. And he obviously can handle it. So I think it's a kid by kid yeah. basis, really. Yeah. True, true. Well, listen, guys, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I was so excited that, uh, you know, I, I, I put out the idea of doing a show on this one, hoping that, uh, that, uh, we could make one happen. And I was excited that both of you guys, uh, were really excited to see the movie and wanted to talk about it. So thanks a lot for, uh, for, for doing the show tonight. Um, uh, Jason, uh, if, if people want to find out more about what's going on with you, what's happening with uh, the diamond bros, uh, where can they, where can they tune in? Uh, Facebook, Jason Diamond, uh, uh, thediamondbros.com and, uh, all sorts of stuff like that. Awesome. And Matt Leonard, what is the haps with you and where can people find out what you're up to? Well, probably Facebook as well. Just Matt Leonard on Facebook. I've actually ditched Twitter, which I feel is slightly bad about, but, um, I've come off Twitter, but Facebook is still there. And, um, my old website sphere VFX, um, has kind of turned into more of a kind of a CV on me and I'm putting all my photography up there now. Oh, so cool. if you're interested in photography, well, what I'm doing, which isn't amazing, but it's there anyway. What is, Facebook's what's the, the URL place. for is, is it just sphere VFX yeah, or sphere? sphere? V- VFX for visualeffects.com and that'll take you straight there. Cool. Um, but yeah, Facebook's the main place. Awesome. Well, cool. And uh, you guys, I'm Matt Wallen. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Matt Wallen or at Virginia Commonwealth University, where I am a professor in the School of the Arts in the Department of Communication Arts. 
um, just to have the longest title that you can possibly have. Um, <laughs> we've got some other great shows coming up. I know we're, um, we're going to be doing uh, soon a sort of a, a retro current flashback uh, LSD trip show on uh, the 40th anniversary re-release of Close Encounters. Um, we've also got some great stuff coming up later this year. We've got uh, Blade Runner, of course, uh, coming out, which crossing my fingers. I hope it's good. <laughs> um, uh, as well as, of course, uh, Star Wars and uh, who knows what other uh, crazy uh, VFX Maybe films. Maybe even Mother. Uh, Oh yeah, maybe mother. We'll see. Yeah. What it is. But yeah. Am, am I am I right in thinking that Roger Deakins is shooting um Blade Runner? Yes. Or has yes. shot, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I have extremely high hopes it's gonna look gorgeous. Yeah. I'm well, sure he also shot Sicario sure. with Villeneuve, yeah. and that was in my gorgeous. Opinion, gorgeous, but Villeneuve's worst movie, if you if you were to Oh Sicario, rank, really? If you were to rank them in my in my opinion. Oh. Well, Hmm. That's, you know, that, you know, worst of the good, you know, they're all good movies. <laughs> okay. But, all right. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, well, listen, thanks a lot. And thanks to all of you out there for, for tuning in and listening. Um, again, apologies for our, uh, our long absence over the summer, but, uh, as I'm sure everybody can uh, understand, uh, we got all, all got pretty crazy busy over the summer and we're hoping to, um, kind of get back on track and have, uh, a little bit more of a regular release schedule. Um, if you guys have any feedback or comments about anything that we talked about, about this movie or, um, shows that you'd like us to do or things you'd like us to discuss, um, hop onto uh, FX guide and in the comment section, uh, you know, send us uh, some feedback and let us know what you think. Um, any kind of feedback we get is great. We love hearing from you guys and, uh, and any suggestions or thoughts you might have, but, um, Otherwise, I'm just going to say, you know, hey, you'll float too. And uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at vfx at fxguide.com. Copyright FX Guide, LLC.